Hey guys, it's Sim in this is Pro Wrestling Unlimited. As we are here, it's Monday. We're talking Monday Night Raw, but I'm not alone. We've got on this side Luke with me. Luke, what's going on? Much Tim, I'm doing pretty good. I thought Monday Night Raw was pretty good tonight. Oh yeah, I enjoyed the show for the most part. I mean, as always, there's a couple things you watch and you go, "Eh, that was all right," or "Eh, that didn't hit as well." Like the Miz stuff. For me, at the house, I thought it was creative that they did something at his house, but it's like, didn't we just see this like two years ago with Bray Wyatt at his house? Exactly. Yeah, so that right, right there with me, I'm like, uh, are they kind of redoing the, well, now that I think about it, I think he got, actually, did Bray actually ever go to the house? I think he got um, worried that Bray would come to the house. And there may have been a doll left at the house, but I don't think, now that I'm trying to think back to it, I don't think Ray ever went to the house. I could be wrong. That was so long ago, and I barely remember any of it. But Luke, tell them a little about yourself. My name is Luke. I'm currently a sophomore in college. I am studying radio and television. I just started streaming on Twitch not too long ago. And yeah, so... Very, very cool. Hopefully we can have Luke here as a regular going forward on some of the post-show streams and maybe some other stuff as well. Who the heck knows? But with that, I do want to say thank you if you are watching us live on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. I also want to say thank you if you're watching or listening later, whether that's youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Also remember if you're watching live, you can be part of the show by texting in to 510-906-1341. Also remember, if you are watching live, you can hit that donate button down below to, to, well, donate to the channel. Also remember, you can subscribe to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription, or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things. Right now, they got three really good games you get for free. Shadow of Mordor, Football Manager 22, and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. All three really fun games. I've played so I've played Football Manager the last year's game. I haven't played 22, played 21. Really liked it. I've played Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and I've watched a buddy play Shadow of Mordor. All great games. But what they do give you with your Amazon Prime is one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month, and I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. All you got to do is take that Amazon account, take that Twitch account, link them together, bada bing, bada boom, your Prime Gaming, and it doesn't even have to be your Amazon account. It can be anybody's Amazon account, whether that's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your auntie, your uncle, your grandma, your grandpa, anybody, anybody, anybody. Also, remember, if you are watching on YouTube, you can help us out over there as well by hitting the join button to become a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. Also, remember, let's get this graphic up on the screen here because you can go to the Epic Game Store and support us, and it doesn't cost you really anything if you're already buying something. Head over to the Epic Game Store, and buy something. 
whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming one of the free games or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, Fall Guys, or Rumbleverse, use the code right down here, Unlimited at checkout, and you will be supporting us. And you're already paying Epic, whether that's on the Epic Game Store on your computer or through the Fortnite, Rumbleverse, or Rocket League launchers on your PlayStation, Xbox, or Nintendo Switch. So use the code PWUnlimited for all Epic games and Epic Game Store purchases. But with that, oh, and it just disappeared. Uh-oh, uh-oh, I'm breaking everything. All right, we're just going to not touch any more buttons. I'm breaking it all, but with that, <laughs> we've got Monday Night Raw to talk about. Again, Luke said he liked it. I said I liked Raw, and the show did start off. Scroll back to the top of my notes. The show did start off with Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins made his way out to the ring. Also, interestingly, I think I've mentioned this before, but this is something that people have been overlooking. Brock Lesnar is in the opening video for the Monday Night Raw, the intro. I think a lot of people are overlooking that because people are like, oh, Brock might be done. Brock's gone for a while. Brock this. Well, if Brock's in, because that's a newer intro video from the last, like, what, month and a half or so? So that means that they, so. yeah, they added Brock for a reason. That means Brock, I guess, is part of the Raw brand, maybe? So I just thought that was a... Uh, little quick note I want to talk about. I think I've mentioned it before, but most people overlook that. And no one really talks about it. But Seth makes his way out to the ring. Crowd sings the song. Rollins bragged about beating Matt Riddle and about the uh, Cardiff crowd singing his theme song basically throughout the entirety of that match. And he said, despite Riddle wanting a rematch, he ain't interested in a rematch because he wants bigger and better things. Rollins starts to ponder what's next as the crowd chants rematch. Rollins said that it's been... Far too long since he held championship gold. And then, well, Riddle would come out. Riddle would charge the ring and attack Rollins, dumping him over the top rope. They briefly had a brawl into the crowd until Rollins managed to escape and go to the back. Basically, him saying it's been a while since I've had gold leads to a segment later we'll talk about with Bobby Lashley and them setting up a U.S. title match. But what do you think of Seth going for the U.S. title? I don't think it's a bad idea. I mean... Seth, something to do with, you know, with Roman having both titles. So I think it's a bad idea. I'm not against it. Right. Because, I mean, we could jump forward. Later on in the show, he gets interviewed and he's like, hey, I'm the face of Monday Night Raw. No one here is a bigger star than me. And Lashley walks up and's like, you're the face, but you don't have any of this. And he points at his belt. And then, you know, Rollins is like, okay, well, how about I fight you for that title? And I'm thinking he's going to say extreme rules. And they set something up for the pay-per-view. And then he's like, next week. And I'm like, wait, next week? Why not set something up for the pay-per-view unless the match next week is going to have maybe, oh, oh, I just I just came, light bulb, light bulb, light bulb. Rollins, Bobby Lashley, next week. Riddle gets involved. That then leads to the match of the pay-per-view, maybe triple threat. Rollins and Riddle challenging for the U.S. title at, at Extreme Rules. Not a bad idea, but I could also see them doing Riddle versus Rollins again. Maybe Extreme Rules match. I mean, I wouldn't Extreme like. Rules. Right, right. That I actually that would be freaking phenomenal. That would be great. Them in Extreme Rules match. I would. I would actually pay money to see that match in person. Right, but what I wouldn't want to see though is. 
Seth beat Lashley next week just for Riddle to get like a title shot or something. Unless, like, I don't. Mm. Riddle, like, costs Rollins the match. Well, yeah. They could do that. But I'm saying, like, what if Seth beats Lashley and then all of a sudden they're just like, oh, hey, Riddle's getting a title shot. Now, if Riddle costs Seth and then they go through all that and this and then that's like the only way he can get Riddle is if they also, I don't know. I'm trying to overbook thing. I'm trying to look too much into it. But I think there is a good chance, like you said, this could lead to something with Seth. Because they're not going to push the whole Riddle wants a rematch this hard if they're not going to do it. I don't think they would have them like fight for something. It would just be like just a regular rivalry match well, with the stipulation in it. Right, and that's what I was trying to say is I, I couldn't get it out. I think if they're going to do just a straight-up Riddle Rollins, they don't need the belt, so Rollins shouldn't beat Bobby Lashley. Exactly. So, Riddle's in the ring after Seth took off, and out comes two members of Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Riddle said he was ready to fight. They told him, hey, hey, relax. We're not out here for that. Priest tries to play it, then him and Riddle used to be friends and so forth, and like, hey, we know you need some help. We know you need friends. Join the Judgment Day. Priest said that it wasn't long ago. They were all in similar situations. Superstars on the rise with something or someone holding them back. Priest said that there was no holding them back now and that Balor even mentioned how Dominic has grown under them. And I'm like, grown under them? I mean, unless the story is that Dominic's actually been secretly working with them for months, Dominic's been with them for like 10 days. Grown my ass. Dominic really hasn't done much with them yet, so exactly. I don't really see why they said like how he's grown with them. Well, unless the storyline is he's been with them for months and that he just hasn't officially joined them until he was ready to turn on his dad, and I don't know. Again, looking too hard into stuff. Riddle then acknowledged that Priest went back. He and Priest went back a long time and focused on how Rollins has his attention right now. He then turns them down as they wanted him to join. Balor then said, Laws were a little relaxed in Portland. So Riddle's head must be a little cloudy. Crowd then cheered that. And then Balor said that Riddle better join or else. I like the little the weed reference there. Oh, yeah, you can smoke here. So maybe you're just not, not thinking properly. Riddle then attacked Balor, knocked Priest over the top rope, and they went to commercial break before setting up a 13 and a half ish minute match. Between Finn Balor and Matt Riddle. So, come back from a break. The match has already started. I don't know how long the match has been going or whatever. But Balor was in control and remained in control. Thanks to a distraction from Damian Priest. There was a couple distractions from Priest, which, not a shocker. Balor hit a headlock elbow drop on the ring apron, which led to a break. Riddle came back with a fisherman suplex, a Pele kick, a forearm strike, exploder suplex, PK, and a springboard dive, which also took out Priest along with Balor. Riddle went to the top rope, but Priest distracted him yet again, which allowed Balor to hit another headlock elbow drop. Right. Excuse me. Rey Mysterio would then come in, try to dispatch of Priest, and they started fighting through the crowd. Riddle followed this up with a bro to sleep and a German suplex for a near fall. Riddle tried the floating bro, but Balor got his knees up and followed it up with a shotgun drop kick. Riddle avoided a coup de gras and then hit a draping DDT. Riddle then set up for an RKO, but there's 
another distraction. This time, Seth Rollins. So again, like you were saying, they're, they're probably going to do another Seth Riddle match. And I mean, why have Seth come out here and distract if that's not the plan? One thing that didn't make sense to me, you know, Seth said like, oh, it's over. It's over. It's over. But then Seth comes out to yeah. Riddle. That was the little. Oh, basically. Yeah. That was a little interesting where he's like, I'm over you. I'm done with you. You're in the past. And it's like, then I, I would get it if, if Riddle was fighting for something and Seth wanted to come out here and screw him. But he wasn't fighting for anything. He's just fighting Finn to fight Finn. So It didn't really make, make sense to me when yeah, me Seth was saying, uh, I'm done with you. Then he comes out to distract Riddle for like no reason. Exactly. So... Also, give me one. There we go. So, Riddle tried going for or going after Rollins, but Balor caught Riddle with an inverted DDT, and then he finished him off. Finished him off with a coup de gras to pick up the victory. After the match, well, Riddle got hit with another stomp. Again, Seth, you say you're done with the guy. Why do you keep coming after him? I don't know. So. The announcers tried to get over the fact that Rollins was done with Riddle, which made this all, like you were saying, nonsensical, didn't make much sense. Kind of, to be honest, I guess the word you can use is redundant. Why say you're done with a guy if you're only going to come back five minutes, 12, 13, 14 minutes later just to attack him again? That means you're not really done with him. So... Bailey was interviewed in the back. Well, all of Damage Control was interviewed in the back by Sarah Schreiber. Bailey said that Dakota Kai and EO Sky should have been the tag team champions all along coming out of the tournament. They then aired a replay that made that whole comment clear. Basically, Dakota was pinned when she wasn't the legal competitor. Kai told her not to worry about the past, and then Sky said that they would win. Schreiber asked Bailey about being the first person to pin Bianca Belair in over a year, and Bailey kind of just blew it off and said, we got other things we got to focus on tonight. We'll deal with that later. We had an interesting Dominic promo. I like the way this was shot and the way this was lit. Just a single spotlight right on Dominic's face. Slight ominous music. Quietly playing in the background. He said that he's always been known as the son of Rey Mysterio. But at Clash of the Castle, he felt more alive than ever. More alive than he's ever felt maybe in his entire life. Edge got what he deserved. And Dominic said that he would finish the job tonight. Well, bro, you did not. Well, I mean, you did finish the job, but Edge was whooping your little ass. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for Dominic to sound so like, of course, Dominic should sound confident going into the match. For him to be such a non-factor to Edge where Edge can just tie him up in the ropes willy-nilly, not even... Edge almost looked like he wasn't trying the way he was whooping Dominic's ass in that match. Like, jeez. Dominic said that he wanted his father to know that this was his life now and he wasn't going to live in the shadows anymore. He said Ray should look in the, at himself in the mirror and wonder why he didn't... why he didn't know that this was happening. Ray should have asked him what he wanted from his career instead of pushing what Ray wanted Dom to do. Dominic said that Ray has cast a large shadow over him for such a tiny man, and he's done living under Ray's shadow. Ripley then whispers something in Dominic's ear. Dominic then walks off. 
and says, I'm not your baby boy anymore. I'm a man. And then Rhea did the line of Poppy always gets what Poppy wants. I like, uh, here's my question. Is Rhea Ripley the leader of Judgment Day or is there like no clear leader? In your opinion. I do think that Finn is the leader, but but also I think Rhea Ripley is the one who like convinced Dominic to join Judgment Day. Like if that makes sense. Right. I mean, it makes sense because you know, Finn, the bigger star of the bunch and this and that and all that. But for some reason, I just, I feel like when they're cutting the promos, uh, Damian Priest always cuts really good promos, but for some reason, there's just something when Rhea speaks, the presence that she gives off, like the vibe, is that like, they're all working for her. But she's got that, I'm the boss vibe 99% of the time. So then, yeah, I do agree with you on that one. So then there was a video that played. Well, first we got a Johnny Gargano video, basically recapping his return and him being Johnny wrestling and what that really means and this and that. We then got a video that played earlier in the day on Twitter. It was Austin Theory saying that tonight uh, Johnny Gargano will be taking on Chad Gable. But after Gable's done with him, Gable may turn him into Johnny Shush, which we'll talk about that match. Boy, was Johnny Gargano versus Chad Gable. Amazing. Match of the night right there. Oh, pfft. match of the last, like, two weeks. So, Dakota Kai and EO Sky took on Aaliyah and Raquel Rodriguez for the Women's Tag Team Championships. And here's the biggest thing I didn't like about this match. Commentary. Commentary kept saying how Aaliyah's the weak... Well, they didn't say these words per se, but they basically said Aaliyah's the weak link. Aaliyah... It, throughout the entire tournament, kept getting beat down, and then Raquel would have to come in and do all the work herself. But, but according to Byron, Raquel doesn't is not worried about that. That if Raquel needs to, she knows that she can do the job of two. And you know what I mean? It's like, so you made them the tag champs only to diminish them as champions. Keep saying, "Well, Aaliyah's not worthy. Aaliyah's not good. Aaliyah's just gonna get her ass beaten." This and then they, I'm like. Okay, they're not going to be the champs after tonight. Everyone knew they were going to do the title change. But I didn't like the way that they were saying that Aaliyah was basically like... I don't know. It was just weird for them to basically be shitting on the current tag champs during the match. I, I didn't like that as well. So, as far as the match itself does go, um, they started... And went to break like two minutes in. Nothing happened before that. Aaliyah tags in after commercial break and did a couple cool looking moves on both Dakota and EO before they took over. And Kai tripped her from or tripped her behind the referee's back. <clears throat> they worked over Aaliyah until she hit them both with a double neck breaker. She tagged in Raquel, who simply launched Kai into Sky. That was a cool look spot. She like just ran ran right into Dakota. Dakota flew back, knocked over EO. Rodriguez then hit Kai with a splash and a boot, but Sky broke up Aaliyah's cover after Aaliyah got tagged in. Sky tried to hurricane Rana, but Rodriguez blocked it, and they both went tumbling over the top rope. Aaliyah then put Kai in a schoolboy for a near fall, trying to do what she did to win the belts, and it didn't work. Aaliyah then followed this up with a face buster, a springboard face buster, but Bailey put Kai's leg on the bottom rope to break the hold, or the pin, the pin. 
Rodriguez then chased Bailey away, but Sky wiped her out with a moonsault to the outside, which she's fine, I believe. But when EO did that moonsault, she looked like she landed just a smidge short and smacked her face on the mat. I'm like, oh, she hit something because you could see her bounce back on into Raquel. So maybe it was her face or shoulder or something. Kai at one point, though, gave Aaliyah a chiropractor, which is her little flipping back codebreaker thing. Pinned her and picked up the victory. Damage control becomes the new women's tag team champions. Fireworks go off as they, they uh, pose with Bailey at the top of the ramp. And I'm going to say it. I never thought it was going to happen. But you don't know how many people I had messaging me today. Oh, are we going to get Sasha and Naomi tonight? They're going to change the title. Sasha and Na No. I didn't think it was going to happen. And it didn't happen. So, no Sasha. No Naomi. But new women's tag team champions. <laughs> uh, I'm, I kind of get the feeling that is gonna beat Bianca for that Raw Women's title because if they're gonna go all in on damage control, like I feel like you have to put that Raw Women's title on Bailey. Oh, I hope Dakota. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think it would actually like Dakota and Io mm -hmm. as tag champs. You gotta put that Raw Women's title on on Bailey. Oh yeah, no, totally agree. And I mean, as we've seen in NXT, when Toxic Attraction had all the gold, it just legitimized them because you know. Everyone's like, eh, they're three women they threw together. We haven't seen them do anything. Put the three titles on them. They do well with the championships. Boom. And these are three women that are better than the Toxic Attraction women. So you put the titles on them. Boom. I think it's a no-brainer. Someone's got to beat Bianca eventually anyways. I agree with that. So as we move forward, Ray approaches Dominic in the back. Dominic's over there warming up. Not looking at Ray. Not speaking to Ray. Ray's like, oh, hey, don't do this. You don't need to fight Edge. Oh, you're not going to look at me? Come on, just talk to me, Dominic. Da, 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 da. And then, yeah. Dominic said earlier, or uh, Ray said he saw what Dominic said earlier and admitted that he didn't know that Dominic ever felt that way, that Dominic ever felt that he was in his shadow and this and that. And I'm like, you didn't know? The fans knew, but you didn't know? Well, damn. Ray then pleaded with, uh, go for it. I didn't really do much as like a singles guy with Ray anyway. So I think right. Ray should have known that. So like Ray so never cool that like okay. cool that like Dominic, Dominic didn't even like even look at Ray when mm -hmm. Ray's trying to talk to him. I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I thought that was a good, a good little point to make. Like he will not look at him. Wouldn't speak to him. Made it seem like he didn't even know he was there, but it's like, I didn't like that line when Ray's like, I didn't know you felt like that. Really? Because everyone always just said, oh, that's Do Ray's boy. That's Ray's boy. Never, oh, that's, that's Dominic Mysterio. Nope, that's, that's Ray's son. That's, he was always Ray's son. Even on commentary, they would always be like, oh, yeah, Dominic Mysterio, the son of Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio's boy. Like, eh. But Ray pleaded with him. He's like, come on. Edge is like a brother to me. He's like an uncle to you. You don't need to do this. He also warned Dom, you've never seen Edge this dangerous. I know what can happen when Edge gets like this. Like you don't want to know what's going to happen. Ray said if Dom went through with this, things would never be the same. And I'm like, huh. Does that mean Dom ain't invited to Thanksgiving? <laughs> Ripley then showed up and pulled Dominic away. Then we had the 14-minute match. Johnny Gargano, Chad Gable. This match was amazing. And 
I'll if, say this real quick. Before, for Johnny not wrestling in nine months, he did really good tonight. Oh, yeah. I want to look something up really quick. I don't think they've ever met in a singles match before. I'm pretty sure they've done tag team matches against each other. You know, DIY and Alpha Academy. Or Alpha, American Alpha. But I don't think these two have ever had a singles match. I think this was the first time. I'm double-checking. Um... Yeah, this is the first time that I can find that these two have ever had a singles match against each other. Now, like I said, in NXT, they work tag matches against each other. American Alpha and DIY. You know, Chad Gable, Jason Jordan, Johnny Gargano, Tomas Ciampa. So, they've worked together in tag matches, but this is the first time these two have had a singles match. So, it is some quick chain wrestling early on. Basically, Johnny... Because, you know, Johnny Gargano, he's known for being able to do anything. But I think, at least since he's been in WWE, this is one of his more technical matches. And he, like, you, you go in there and you go, oh, Chad Gable doing technical stuff. No, duh. But Johnny almost looked better than Gable doing, like, the amateur-style wrestling stuff, which baffled me. I'm like, whoa. He's looking better than Gable doing the amateur stuff. Holy crap. So, early on, Gargano took him down with a dive off the apron, which led to a break. Uh, Gable was in control when we came back from the break, but Gargano had made a comeback and hit a great-looking slingshot spear for a two. Gable followed this up with a cliffhanger DDT for a two and a beautiful bridging German suplex for a two as well. Gargano then applied the Gargano escape, but Gable countered it into an ankle lock, so technically he did escape. Gable fought out, and they exchanged some strikes until Gargano dropped Gable with a clothesline. Gable was sent to the outside and fell into the arms of Otis. Gable and hit, uh, uh, Gargano hit them both with a dive and sent Otis into the announce table. Gargano then hit Gable with the one final beat, pinned him, and picked up the victory. Like like I said, the technical wrestling stuff, all the counter-wrestling, the amateur stuff that they did in this match, this match was freaking awesome. I loved every moment of it. A little worried during the match when Johnny was limping. Eh. If you noticed that. I mean, yeah, but... I'm like, I saw it too, and like I thought something for a second. And I was like, no, it's just Gargano being like the amazing, the amazing seller that he is. But um, just think of this as a pay per view match without commercial breaks. So there's two commercial breaks. Just think if we could have just saw this match flow all the way through perfect, how much better it would have came off without the breaks. So, um, Gargano. No, Otis tries to attack after the match, but Gargano hit him with two super kicks. Otis was still standing on his feet. Gargano did a crotch chop and rolled out of the ring. Gargano then backed up the ramp, but Theory would attack him from behind with a briefcase. After commercial break, Theory was in the ring and bragged about what he did to overrated Johnny Gargano. And he got some what chants from the crowd. I think Austin Theory has figured out a great way to combat the what chance. He basically, like, people will say what to him, and he'll just repeat what he said, or he'll just what them back. I actually think that's... And Bailey did it later on in the, in the night, too. Bailey got what chance, and she just repeated, like... like She said something about Bianca. I think I have it in my notes later. And they're like, what? And she just said, it's like, well, I just said she's this. And I think 
Kiri does that sometimes too, which is a really good way to combat the what chance. Just make it seem like they didn't hear you. So, Theory would also mention, well, no. Theory would be interrupted by Kevin Owens, who got a big reaction from the crowd in Portland. Theory wanted the crowd to shut up, and Owens reminded Theory that he was no longer the hand-picked chosen one. He said, that doesn't happen around here anymore. He's like, but I can relate to what you were going through, because when I won the Universal title, that was handed to me on a silver platter. And then he basically says that I wish it wasn't, and this and that. So, um, he said that they may have some similarities on how they got here and things that have happened in their careers, but that's where the similarities end. Owens noted how many guys have showed up in WWE looking just like Theory does. But those guys are a dime a dozen. However, there's guys, only a handful of guys, like he and Johnny Gargano. They were, said, they were told that they'd never make it in this business. They're told that they couldn't make it at this level. But yet, they're one in a million, and they both made it. Crowd cheered. Owens called Theory the uh, appendix of the business completely expandable. Owens then hopes that Theory does reach to the top, but Owens has been watching him and doesn't think he's quite got it. He wanted Theory to prove him wrong, though. Owens fired up and encouraged Theory to level uh, to leave everything he had in the ring and throw down with him. Basically said, hey, you want to become a future WWE champion? Show me what you got. Theory just flexed. I'm like, really? He just flexed. Owens then told him, yeah, that ain't going to work. Owens said, or tried talking some sense into Theory, and then he slapped him across the face, which kind of woke Theory up. They then brawled in the middle of the ring. Owens was getting the better of it until referees tried to break it up. They finally got Theory out of the ring where Owens then jumped out of the ring. They brawled at ringside for a second. Theory tried to attack at the briefcase, but Owens ducked and went for a stunner. Theory bailed. Theory then was shown on the ramp with a bloody nose, and Owens basically said, he says something along the lines of, a broken nose ain't nothing, bitch, or something like that. I'm like, oh, okay. I thought this was a very good, effective brawl, which is leading to a rematch next week on Monday Night Raw between the two from the match we saw last week. But what did you think overall of the segment? I felt the only thing I thought of, like, I liked it other than I felt like it went a little long. I liked the segment. I thought Kevin Owens did, like, really well in the mic. The only thing I didn't like was when Theory was, Theory was flexing. He's like, "You'll never beat me." Right. So you, was like the only thing I didn't I didn't like though. Right. So so you say Owens so good on the mic, but most people don't realize English is his second language. What was his first one? French. Growing up in Montreal, in Montreal, Canada, they speak French. That's like Maurice. She didn't barely know any English before she tried out for the Diva Search. She basically learned English while in, you know, when she got hired for WWE and stuff. Yeah, you grow up in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Speaking French. I know that because, I mean, Kevin has a pretty, like, well, like, American accent. Exactly. Exactly, which is another crazy thing to think about. So, next up, we had the Bianca Belair Women's Championship Open Challenge. And the weird thing about this was this morning, 
it was listed on WWE's website. Then a couple hours, like I, I checked it at, I want to say nine, ten o'clock Pacific in the in the morning, and it was there. I did my raw preview video, put it in there, all this, da da da. And then later on, WWE at two o'clock, I got the WWE raw preview email, but this match wasn't listed. I'm like, wait, what? Go to the website, go look at it. Match gone, not listed on the website anymore. So I'm like, um, has the match been pulled? They're not tweeting about it. They're tweeting about everything else throughout the day. They tell us Dom and Ray. They tell us women's tag title match. They tell us all these other things officially set for tonight's Raw. And they never say this. And then all of a sudden during the show, at the beginning of the show, actually, when Seth is in the ring, they go, later on tonight, the women's championship, the Raw women's championship will be on the line when Bianca Belair issues an open challenge. And I'm like, okay, well, that's weird. Why would they have stopped advertising that match today? After announcing it on Friday, having it up on the website all weekend this morning, and then just, oh, yeah, it is going to happen. So that was a weird one. That was a weird one, but the match did happen where Sonya Deville did end up coming out and taking up the open challenge, which I thought it was funny on commentary where they were like, well, she failed to get a match against Liv Morgan for the SmackDown Women's title, so now she's coming here to try and face the other champion. I'm like, really? So you're going to tell us that a loser is going to try and challenge? Come on. Don't make, don't, don't, in our eyes already put her at a disadvantage because we knew she wasn't, we knew she wasn't going to win anyways, but then commentary basically belittling her like that obviously was like, oh yeah, she's not even going to be a challenge. I mean, the match went 12 minutes. It wasn't anything good though. Like I thought, I thought the match was solid. But it wasn't anything special. Like, if you didn't see it, you didn't miss anything, to be completely honest. I didn't think anything was special about that match. I thought yeah. it was just, just a regular match. So, yeah. So, Deville had control early. They went to a break about a minute or two in. Uh, she dodged a moonsault and hit a running knee for a two. Belair came back with a spine buster for a two. Deville then hit some sort of a knee strike and a drop kick off the middle rope. Got a two off of that, and Belair hit a KOD moments later to pick up the victory. Again, the match went 12 minutes, but I feel like nothing happened in that match to even recap. It was like 12 minutes just stretched. The match ends, and Bailey enters. She said Damage Control was here to take over the division and bragged about being the first person to defeat Belair in over 300 days, despite not even having a match within the last year which technically she had one. It was a house show match against Aaliyah, but it wasn't on TV, so it doesn't count. Damage control, then surrounded the ring. They kind of they had their shield moment, I guess you can call it, the way they surrounded the ring and jumped in. They tried to attack, but Asuka and Alexa Bliss would come out to make the save. Bailey was left all by herself in the ring, and Belair just gave her a spine buster to end the segment. Cool. I wholeheartedly think it's going to be Bianca and Bailey at Extreme Rules. One thing I actually didn't really like about this segment, I thought it would have made a lot more sense if Raquel and Aaliyah came out to, to Bianca. Yeah. They lost the tag titles to like Dakota and Io. It would have made much more sense if they were the ones that came out to help instead of Asuka and Alexa Bliss. 100%. 100%. Because now you would think, okay, Aaliyah, Raquel, they just lost. 
They want, you know, they're probably going to want a rematch. Get them. No. Now, basically, with Asuka and Alexa coming out here, it basically tells us, oh, they're probably going to be the next ones to get the title shot. So basically what this means was, like, Raquel and Aaliyah were basically just going to drop the titles and just be done. Yeah. I'm saying. Like, honestly, I can maybe see them doing one or two more tag matches with Raquel and Aaliyah as a team, and then they just go Raquel as the singles. And then Aaliyah pushed to the back burner again. So then we got the return on TV of Omos. It's been a while. Omos hasn't been on TV since. I'm going to look this up really fast. Because I'm like, oh, Omos. Which, it's weird. Because MVP posted a video with Omos, like, yesterday, I want to say. But Omos actually hasn't been on TV. Oh, it's only been a month. I thought it's been a lot longer than that since the last time we saw Omos. But it's been August 8th. So it's literally been about a month. Hold on. Who did he face tonight? I don't even... I don't. I didn't get their names. Yeah, I didn't get their names. Because the last match he had was a two-on-one handicap match against two random guys. So I was wondering if maybe they were the same random guys. I don't know. But Omos had a handicap match. I don't know what happened, but at one point during this match, the screen went black for like, I don't know if it happened to you, but it went black for like 10, 15 seconds. It, it did happen to me. I was getting so scared because I thought something <laughs> bad happened to my TV because it went black. So I turned it off, turned it back on, and then it said technical difficulties. So I was like, all right. Yeah. See, because I use the Comcast Xfinity um, website on my computer. So I'm like, oh, crap. Did my internet just go out? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wait, no, we're fine. We're fine. And like super scared, right? So I don't have any notes for this match because I was always basically I was just like, what the hell's going on? But Omos did win like a minute and a half match. I think it was because when the time by the time it came back, the feed, the match was already over. So in the back, Ray tries pleading with Edge. Edge says that if anyone should deal with Dominic, it should be him. Kevin Patrick then approached Kevin or Seth Rollins. We talked about this earlier, setting up Seth Rollins. Excuse me. Setting up Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley next week for the U.S. title. Basically, Seth said, I'm the face of Raw. Bobby Lashley said, you can't be if you ain't got one of these, which is a championship belt. The, champion, uh, the challenge was then laid out for next week, and bing, bang, boom. Match happening next week. Rollins versus Lashley for the U.S. title. Then, all of a sudden, we're in the Miz's house. And I'm like, okay, it's different. This is different. So they're filming like an interview segment with the Miz at home. He said that this was the only way you'd get to see him on Raw, considering what's been happening to him over the last couple of weeks. His daughters then approach him. He's like, hey, aren't you supposed to be getting ready for bed? They start playing around. Miz seems like he's getting a little annoyed with the girls not listening to him. Then Maurice approaches, and she's all kinds of mad that the camera crew's here. And he's like, hey, I got to do an interview. I got to do something for Raw. She's like, you got five minutes. We need to go. You got five minutes. Literally, the, he, she literally only gave him like two and a half, three. But she's like, you need to wrap this up. Let's go. Why are these people in my house? Like, damn. Maurice getting a little bitchy. The Miz was very weary. They're like, so, you know, Dexter, he's like, don't say that name in my house. We never mentioned that name in my house. But we've got security and this and that and da-da-da-da-da. No one's getting in. No one's getting out unless we know about it. 
And so Miz goes to sit down to conduct the interview. And basically Maurice's like, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. He's like, fine. All right, let's go. So they go. They get in the car, drive off. He's like, the guards will let you out. Get all your stuff. Go. Camera then pans around like they're going to go back into the house. There's Dexter Loomis in the window inside the house with a drawing, Ms. and Mrs. I'm like, oh, okay. Cool. Kind of over this already. Go for it. Advertising Ms. and Mrs. on on Raw then. Right? But I'm like, all right, where is this leading to, though? Like, is this... This ain't leading to nothing that I can think of. I mean, what's going to happen? Indy Hartwell's going to show up, and we're going to get... Miz and Maurice against Dexter and Indy? I doubt it, but like, where else would this lead to? I'm kind of over this already. Like, I think Dexter Loomis is really good when he's wrestling in a ring, but the whole stuff that they do with the gimmick and the character and that gets old really, really fast. I was thinking about this. Maybe Dexter Loomis is trying to get Miz out of the way, so... Johnny can like reunite with Champa as like DIY thing. Like maybe that's what I was that's what I was thinking. I could see it a little bit, maybe. Um yeah. Loomis, the creepo, in the house with Mrs. Two Daughters. And we never saw who the babysitter was. Probably Maurice's mom, Marjo, but I don't know. We got some announcements for next week, which we already talked about. Kevin Owens versus Austin Theory, and the U.S. title will be on the line when Bobby Lashley defends against Seth Rollins. Uh, They then aired a very long replay and recap of what happened with Owens and Theory. They could have chopped that in half. Then Dominic comes out. He's got his own music, which is actually different from the Judgment Day music. He's wearing purple and black gear with the... So Rhea has, like, the, the Scales of Justice tattoo on her face. Dom's got it on his gear which I thought was a cool little little thing that they did there. But this Edge versus Dominic Mysterio. The match itself went 15 minutes. And this is all right. It ended in a DQ. And I mean, Dom did some stuff, but it was basically Edge just beating on him a lot of this match. So Dom tried some flashy moves early, counter Edge, and Edge just boots him in the face. Dominic did a fancy kip up, so Edge drops him with a clothesline. Ripley tried to uh, give Dom a pep talk, but it didn't really work because Edge started tossing him around the ring, or actually ringside. Dominic tried pleading with Uncle Edge, and Edge just kicks him in the face. Crowd cheered. Ripley then checks on Dominic, asking him, Are you still, you still good to go? Can you still continue? Ripley then tripped Edge off the apron. Dominic then attacked the leg as well as they went to a commercial break. Dominic then worked over Edge's leg. And did the three amigo suplexes. He went for the frog splash, but Edge knocked him off the top. Edge then wanted to try a superplex, but Ripley held Dom's leg to block it, which the ref never noticed. Dominic then shoved Edge off the top rope and hit a frog splash and got a two. Dominic then seemed to be going for a figure four when Edge kicked him into the ring post. He hit the ring post so hard, Corey Graves thought he was knocked out. Edge then hit a flapjack, clothesline, and an Edge-O-Matic for another two fall. Edge then hit an Impaler DDT. Before he can go for a spear, Dominic rolled through into a single-leg Boston Crab. That's actually a cool-looking counter. Edge, though, countered it into a roll-up for a two. Edge then tripped Dominic's arm into the ropes and hammered away 
as the crowd chanted along with the ref. No, I wrote this very weird here. Ed strapped Dominic's arm in the ropes. Oh, okay, that's what it was. He tied him up. And as the crowd was uh, counting along, because, you know, the ref was, like, counting to, like, get him off the ropes, get him off the ropes, get him off the ropes. He shoves the ref. Greg says, then Dom was being taught a lesson by Uncle Adam. I like the realism there of Corey Graves using his real name, Adam, not Edge. That's just, for that's some subtle things like that, for me, just take it to that next level. Like the whole Seth Rollins bringing up Riddle's divorce. Just subtle things that make it real, I love. You don't have to go a lot with it, just that little bit, itty titty bit. Edge was about to go for a spear, but Dom trapped in the ropes, but then Ray jumped in to stop him. Edge and Ray argued. Edge kept shoving Ray off. I thought Edge was going to eventually kick Ray in the face and say, leave me alone. But Priest yanked Ray out of the ring as Balor attacked Edge for the disqualification. Also, Balor wearing some bandana around his head looked real funky and weird on him, but that's how the match ends. Judgment Day runs down. Causes the DQ. And then afterwards, Rhea Ripley hits Edge with a steel chair. They attack the leg a couple of times. They give Dominic the chair. Dominic hits him like four times with the chair, maybe five. They then put the chair up on, no, the, they stand the chair up, and put the leg on the chair, elevated, coup de gras off the top rope, onto the knee. Basically, they're right in edge off of television as the crowd is chanting, you suck. And Judgment Day poses over edge in the middle of the ring. Your thoughts on that main event, and I guess you could say them riding edge off at the end. All right. It was mainly just Edge just beating the crap out of Dominic, and maybe it leads to Ray versus Dominic at Extreme Rules. Maybe Dominic says, hey, I want to fight Ray. He's I mean, like that, the better Mysterio. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's got to be the end game. Dom and Edge, or Dom and Ray in the end. And so they can do the whole, you know, you got them two at the pay-per-view. Now Ray's going to want to get revenge for Edge because if Edge is now out injured and stuff. So, yeah. They did, like, like, I felt like they did, they didn't announce any new matches for the pay-per-view Extreme Rules, but I felt like they planted the seeds to let us know what directions they may be going, which, hey, you still got one, two, three more Raws before the pay-per-view. So, I mean, yeah, it would have been cool to maybe announce one more match, but as long as we can see where they're going, I think that's good storytelling. But with, by next week, go for it. What did you say? And I think by next week, they're probably going to announce like all the matches that are basically kind of expecting to happen. Yeah, a good amount of them. <laughs> but that's Monday Night Raw. That's what we thought of the show. Now I want to know what you guys thought of tonight's Raw. Oh, crap. We never did a Twitch poll. Oh, well, we got a Twitter. We got a, you know what? I'm going to throw a Twitch poll up right now, and we'll read it at the very, very end. Let's throw the Twitch poll up. What did you think of tonight's raw? Liked it. Didn't like it. It was all right. So we'll go to the text messages first, and then we'll read the polls afterwards. Forgot the Twitch poll. 
Remember, if you want to be part of the show, you can do so by texting in to 510-906-1341. As far as this first text message goes, first says, who's the next challenger for the NXT Women's Championship? That's a very, very good question. And I think, now, I know who I would like to see challenge, but only if they're going to win it. I'd say Tiffany Stratton, but Tiffany Stratton beats uh, Mandy Rose. I think that's how they should go. Tiffany Stratton in the last year has come a very long way. But if someone's not going to beat her, then I have no clue. It could be anybody, to be honest. Alba Fire? Yeah, I could see that one. I could see that. And then if she loses to Mandy, she loses to Mandy. She'll be fine for whatever. But yeah, Alba Fire is a good one. Uh, this person here says, How long does Edge have left on his current deal with WWE? Also, do you see him signing another contract if he hasn't already? Give me two seconds and I'll tell you exactly when Edge's contract is up. It's either the end of this year or the end of next year. I'm not sure. Let me double check my notes. Um, Contracts. Edge's contract expires at the end of... This year, Edge's contract goes through the end of this year, 2022. Now, I know Edge did, I think it was, he said something. Well, I think Edge maybe signs a one-year extension because after the last show in Toronto, the cameras were off, Edge was in the ring, and he said, it sounds like WWE is coming back here in a year. I would love for that to be where I end here, or, I would love for that show to be where I end my career in Toronto. So maybe Edge does signs a one-year extension on his contract. So that way when they come back to Toronto next, like, late summer, he can do the Toronto show and retire. Maybe. Just a thought based off of what he has said recently. Um, this person here says... It was amazing to see a Raw crowd who probably never saw NXT chant Johnny Wrestling. Do you think WWE might see Candice down... Uh, oh, do you think we might see Candice down the line get a great reaction if she returns? I mean, eventually Candice, I think, will return to WWE, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be against bringing her to the main roster, saying that she wants to challenge for the tag titles and then bring out Indy Hartwell, because her and Indy together were always fantastic. I mean, I, based off of how she was used in NXT, I don't have full confidence in them pushing her as like a top single star. But I can see them doing good things with her and like Indy as a tag team. How much time like Candace has got before like she returns? Like, I wonder when she's like good to go. Oh, she could go now. I mean, she had the baby in in February, March, April, May, June. July, August. I mean, Ronda was back in four months. L Lacey Evans was back in five. It's been six months since she had the baby. So, yeah, she should, as long as she's been doing any kind of training, she should be perfectly fine to return. Like I said, Ronda had the baby and was training right afterwards, ready to go for Rumble four months later. Um, Someone asked about tomorrow's NXT, which is a anniversary episode, says, just a quick... Just a question regarding NXT tomorrow. Do you know if these fan votes are legitimate or are they manipulated to seem like it's what the fans want? So, I do know in the past, 
Fan voting in WWE has always been legit as far as I'm concerned. I was always told like those old Taboo Tuesdays and Cyber Sundays, always legit. Those were always legit fan voting. So I have no reason to question that the NXT fan voting for tomorrow is not legit as well, which they did announce that the NXT tag team title match will open tomorrow's NXT and it'll be a cage match. It'll be um, pretty deadly defending the titles against the Creed brothers. And final question here. Person says, do you see Goldberg returning to WWE? At this point, I would probably say no, but I wouldn't be shocked if he did another match. I don't think so, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did one more match. You think Goldberg can come back? Yep. All right, and as far as the polls do go, let's go to the Twitter poll. Um, 71% liked tonight's Monday Night Raw. 22% thought it was just all right. And 6% did not like Raw. As far as the YouTube community poll does go, though almost 900 votes, 73% liked it. 21% thought it was just all right. And 6% did not like the show. Some of the comments here on the YouTube poll. Uh, 8 out of 10 show. The matches were really good. But Chaos promo stole the whole show. Oh, 100% agree. Again, another one. Kevin Owens' promo was freaking awesome. Raw was a great show. Kevin Owens' promo was great. Another person, 8 out of 10. But Kevin Owens' promo was 10 out of 10. Person says, can we see Ray turn from good to bad? I don't think so, but nah. Uh, tonight was awesome. I always... I always get people that go, you should put a fourth option in your poll. I didn't watch. Well, I don't want your opinion if you didn't watch. I want to know what the people that watched thought of the dang show. And this one says boring. Okay, to each their own. And finally, the Twitch poll. 70% liked it. 30% thought it was just all right. But with that, guys, that that's going to do it. That's going to wrap everything up luke tell them where they can find you you said you're streaming on twitch now how can they find you on twitch find me at the luke petke i will be streaming tomorrow i'll probably play some madden nfl 23 you can also find me and you can also find me on twitter at petke underscore 21 very cool go follow him over there very nice very nice hopefully we have Luke back as a regular. That way, it's always, it's always, I've always said this. It's always better to have at least two people you can bounce things off of. You guys can talk and stuff together and whatnot. And I know Luke, you seemed a little nervous here, but we'll we'll break you in. We'll get you out of that nervousness. But again, I want to say thank you to Luke for joining me here again. Whenever you're you're available, I'd love to have you on with me. Remember, guys, if you are watching live, then you're watching on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. Thank you for watching there or watching later. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Listening on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. But with that, I want to say thank you. Have a great Monday. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.